Welcome to Turn the Page. Design your dream career podcast with me, Tyann. And me, Kyla. This is the podcast we wish existed as we fantasized for a decade about trading our corporate jobs for a dreamy life of passion and travel. We're sharing all of the misperceptions that kept us plugged into the corporate matrix and rat race, including the falsehood that we had to completely start over from scratch versus simply turn the page. Hello, page turners. We are back. Hello, everyone. We wanted to continue the conversation that we have focused on the last several episodes, which is continuing to help you get unstuck, continuing to help your brain seek possibility. And we've been thinking about this because Tyann was just telling me that the Gallup engagement data was released Mm -hmm. and it got us thinking about ways that you can identify whether you're engaged, not engaged in both your personal life, your professional life. We're going to give you some questions to continue to identify that. But first, Tyann, can you tell us a little bit about the Gallup uh, engagement survey and what it's actually evaluating? Absolutely, Kyla. So this is some of my favorite um, sets of data that exist. And again, one reason I really like Gallup's information is because their data science behind it is legit. So this is not just a BuzzFeed personality poll about, you know, which kind of cake are you? This is like real deal kind of stuff. And just to let everyone know, they monitor this across the across the globe and they do different slices by geographies. Because the majority of our listeners are in the U.S., today I'm going to talk about U.S. data. But the trends are um, very similar depending on where you go. So just if you're outside of the U.S., kind of go with this conceptually. If you're inside the U.S., this is actual data. And you can go to Gallup.com and search for this. So this was stuff as of February um, this year. And Gallup monitors three different categories, they call it. They have the engaged category. They have not engaged, and then they have actively disengaged. So we'll talk about all three of these. But part of what I think is so fun about this particular um, tool that they have is it's self-reported. Now, this is not what your manager thinks about you, what your partner thinks about you, what your coworker who doesn't like you, what they think about you. This is you reporting this information. So some of this might be a little surprising, but Can you guess what percentage of employees in the United States do you think say, yes, I am engaged? What do you think? Given given I used to be in this work intimately, it's a very sad low number. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess maybe 10%. Okay. So, Kyla, in any workshop, I always ask this question and we make a game of, of guessing. And I always have someone on the low end like you, and then I'll have a complete optimist in the crowd who's like 80 percent. And so um, the the data shows and it moves a percentage point or so as we look at this. But the data as of February was showing about 33 percent of U.S. workers report being engaged. Wow. So with all the quiet quitters, that's a big break up all these things. That's I know with everything going on. So on one hand, you can look at this optimistically and say, actually, that that seems pretty good, given 
return to work issues, as we've talked about, and quiet quitting and all these things. But on the other hand, that means pretty much if you have 10 people, seven of them are not in that category. Especially if you're having to drive back to the office on a Tuesday in Dallas on the tollway, hypothetically speaking, not really. The seven out of the 10 cars that you pass are going to be in the not happy category. So those are the road rage people. These are road ragers. I would I would be willing to bet. I would do a research on and disengagement and road rage. I'll bet there's a positive correlation. I bet there is. So, you know, we're going to come back and talk about that category in just a sec. But that's the first category, engaged. And then our two other categories are just the middle one, I call it, just not engaged and then actively disengaged. So how many people, what percentage of people do you think self-report? They're in that middle category, just the meh category. 65 Okay, 65%. Yeah, not a bad guess. It's usually somewhere around 50%. Kind of 50, 51, 52 is where I've seen it. I've rarely seen it drop below 50%. So, you know, when you're looking around at life, that tracks. And again, you know, it's just kind of the eh category. So we'll come back and talk about what that looks like. But then our mathematicians out there can figure out that our actively disengaged category we're usually looking at somewhere between kind of 15 and 18%. And again, and those are the people in the movie office space that have the stapler and are in the basement. Those are the people in the basement with the red stapler in the dark who are supposed to spray for bugs and they get so fed up that they burn the building down. Yes, that's right. That's right. So the actively disengaged, I mean, they're actually causing problems, correct? Right. So that's really the distinguishing factor between the middle category of just kind of meh, that's sort of I'm not feeling it, you know, but I call this, you might call it the walking dead, but you know, you're present, but you're not present. You're there, you're showing up to work, but that's really where we see people doing kind of baseline level work, maybe not really volunteering for anything extra you know, if if the performance bar is right here, man, I'm just skating on that bar. Okay. That's really where we're looking at. Not usually being super creative or volunteering new innovative ideas, maybe not catching quality issues. You're just kind of there, right? But that difference between that and that bottom category, that active disengagement, again, I'm setting the building on fire. That is the, and these are my words, I'm going down and I'm taking you with me. <laughs> this is people who are busy acting out their disengagement. And so it's not just about me. Now I'm trying to recruit people to my active disengaged team. Because if I can recruit other people to my team, I feel better. I feel less bad about being in this category. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, one thing we do, and I was going to talk to you about it, and we can have our listeners um, chime in, which would be interesting, is let's go back to that first category of engagement. So, you know, thinking about your career, what does it look like when you think when you were, um, you know, in a corporate position? What would it look like if you, when you were engaged and you were in maybe a more traditional workplace? What did that look like for you? Yeah, so looking back, I think now that I have the contrast of now, mm -hmm. right, owning my own business in my zone of genius, I I realized that I was, I was disengaged for most of my career. 
Mm-hmm. I think that there was there was moments of engagement. And we're going to talk about how to identify some of those. Yeah. But I think other than the honeymoon phase at the beginning of jobs or, you know, when I worked in London, that was a pretty high engagement time just because I worked in London. Right. right. But it wasn't really the work that got me engaged. It was really kind of the the surroundings that were exciting. So for me, those moments of engagement that I can remember, uh, I thought, how do I get more of that? How can I make that my job? I think I think when I saw those moments, that's when I thought, maybe I should go back to school. Maybe I should change careers. But then so much of my brain told me for years and years and years, you don't know how to do that. Right. What does it all mean? Everything you've done up until now, right? The the mean girl. Right. It, You're not qualified. Who are you to do that? Other people might be able to, but that's not for you. All those kinds of You're things. You're really good at what you do now. That's the other thing my brain often told me. Ah, yeah. Which we've talked about before, kind of that trap of being, because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you like or should be doing. Zone of, what do we, what do you call it? Like zone of proficiency versus zone of genius or? Yes, that book, The Big Leap, your zone of uh, competence, um, excellence, genius. But then it also goes down to your, your zone of incompetence, which I always tell my husband is anything that's reading directions. I will do anything not to read direction. <laughs> of course. Well, the good news for you, Kyla, is most things that we get now don't come with directions. Absolutely. It's, it's back to what we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, which is the fuck around and find out way of going through life. That's right. Now that's, that's a lot what we do. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I, I worked very closely with HR in my career. And because I was doing empl- employee engagement and executive speech writing, and I would have these glimpses, these glimmers of mm. something that was highly engaging. Okay. Right. Usually it involved research, um, psychology, curating information. Right. So there was those glimmers of engagement. And I, I know that that for us is a piece of what we wanted to talk to you about today because there continue to be those moments where your gut is trying to tell you something that is trying to lead you in a direction. And that's why we thought this topic might be helpful, no matter if you're in corporate America or already out of corporate America. I think Tyann and I evaluate this on a regular basis. Are we still engaged in what we're doing? Uh, When you have your own business, you're able to be highly malleable with your approach. Right. And we saw a lot of that during COVID that, that we we altered a lot of the way that we did our business and we continue to shed some things that aren't working for us anymore and then add more of those those beautiful glimmers of things that we love. Right. So one way you can, just like you beautifully articulated, one way you can um, think, ooh, that's a little glimmer of engagement is what we call, you know, notice the yearnings. It's what what are you just innately drawn to? Or you finish and you're like, ooh, I want to do that again. And again, it could be something small. It could just be that one conversation that you have in the hallway with that person you happen to run into about that cool topic. Maybe, I mean, you didn't plan that. It was just a serendipitous moment. But kind of notice those yearnings is yeah. something there because we tend to be drawn toward things that we like and we have strengths in. And then one thing we know, um, you and I are obviously strengths practitioners, but if you just think about it, even from the more macro sense, people who 
understand their strengths and are able to kind of lean into that or have a strengths-based conversation with their teammates or their manager are six times as likely to be engaged as other people. And what's amazing to me, Kyla, is this lift six times. I mean, that's huge. That translates into real dollars. And I haven't had to change my title, my crappy cubicle, my boss, my, I mean, any of those other things, any of those other externalities, this is really um, kind of shifting that focus within and the lift you can get. So absolutely. I think that's so interesting. I'm sorry. No, I just think that's, that's amazing. And that that's real dollars. And I think you and I would say we're six times as engaged in our business for for America. Uh, A thousand percent, right? And so what's always interesting, especially in workshops, we do this and you just alluded to it, is really making a note of for yourself. And obviously you and I like analog as we talk about. Uh, We'll talk about our journals here in just a sec too, but really make a note of when you get those glimmers. When is that happening? And be as specific as possible, not just, oh, I had a good Wednesday, but what was happening on a Wednesday? And because if we can get specific, we can then start to replicate that. And and I love what you said about the specificity because I think part of part of the way you and I have created a business and a life that we love is by noticing a lot of the details of how our dream day, dream life is set up, right? Yes. How much how much space do we need mentally between, right. you know, I know for you, you've realized if you have a speaking event coming, you need to create some space before then so that you your cup can get full, right? Right. We have all realized that there's times of the day that we talked a lot about your your body clock, right? There's times of the day that you might feel more creative, might feel, you know, it, can you create, wh- what do you have control over? Yes. We always, we love the analogy, draw a circle around yourself. That's what you have control over, right? But, you know, is it possible for you to set up a time block for creativity for an hour a day? Because you know, at for me, I feel most creative about seven o'clock at night. It drives my husband crazy because he's trying to he's winding down. Yeah, he's winding down, right? But I have, I've been able to create a schedule to do that, right? But right. what what did I have control over in corporate America that I could have I could have, you know, had an hour late in the day? Maybe it was four to five, for example. That's getting closer to my creative time mm-hmm. where I didn't I, I blocked it. I didn't have meetings. Maybe it was one day a week right, right. where it was a sign to be creative, to think, to read about the latest research uh, on personal development and neuroscience. That was that was always my favorite time in corporate America is when the Harvard Business Review magazine would show up in the mail. Right? Yeah, I love it so much. So, I mean, you hit on something, Kyla, in that often, especially when we first start working with people or teams, we get pushback from them and they'll say, I can't do that. I don't have any time in my calendar for that. And control. I don't have any control. Like I just, I'm showing up and I'm in the whirlwind and So I would say first to our listeners, A, we understand that feeling. I mean, I really get how real that feels. But I would say if you want something to be different in your life, and I'd be willing to bet you do or else you wouldn't be listening to us, if you want to turn that page, 
we've got to start working in some margin so that we can get you closer to that engagement. And that, so this is where we see people say, I can't assign a whole day to creativity. I can't, you know, just read an entire book at work. I'm like, okay, we're not asking you to completely change your stripes. What we're saying is, could you spend 15 minutes, you know, a week or twice a week doing this? Could you block off a little time once a, once a week on your calendar? So how can we start getting these micro moments in there? And then over time, success tends to breed more success. And compounding is real, right? If you say a dollar every day, counts. $352, right? right? So they, it all counts. Everything it all counts. counts. It all counts. And we also know what we, we also know about the brain is the more that you direct the brain, the more that the brain becomes self-directed. So you tell your brain for 15 minutes a day, a week, whatever you have time for, I'm going to focus on this new creative thing. Your right. brain will start to go to work and you look for more of it. Do you have time for a funny story on this? Yes. So uh, you know how I love analogies and stories. I think storytelling is is a great art, which is, by the way, my communication coming out. And you very much um, have this as well. So I sometimes I like to think of our brains as like a border collie dog. Okay. Mm. Border collies, you know, they're high energy. They're always doing something and they need a job. Okay. If you don't give your border collie a job and you live in a tiny apartment and your border collie's in your apartment all day, it will make up a job for itself. And this part of their children even. Okay. This could be like, yeah, very much. A friend of mine had this. Their dog ate a hole through the drywall um, into another room. Like straight up, hole through the drywall. It ate a hole through the wall. It had no job. It had to create no job. Guess what? This is a fun job. This will take me a minute. Or, yes, I'm a herding animal. Let's see, there's children in the house. Let me start hurting them by nipping out their heels. So, but if you ever then kind of contrast your drywall eating dog with maybe you've seen it on TV, those agility exercises, or maybe one of those um, border collies that's been trained to herd sheep or, you know, that's out with livestock, it's amazing what they can do. And they know what to do. Someone's not riding them on their back. You know, they know what to do. And they, if you look at their face, they're, they're, it's such enjoyment on their face with the things that they're doing. And they're so focused. So I always think of our brains like these border collies. So have you given it a job or is it busy gnawing a hole in the drywall? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And we know that we plan with the, the highest part of our brain. So it's really important to schedule this versus just thinking, oh, I'll, I'll get to that on a Wednesday at 2.15. No, magically happen. It, nothing is ever going to just magically happen on your, on your schedule. So plan in advance, uh, write down even the reason that you want to spend 15 minutes. This is something I love. I get a glimmer. Remind your your lower brain at the time is going to say, you don't have time for that to uh, remember what your higher brain told you, which is always going to be long-term best interest. Right. And, you know, another technique when we're doing that is we can do this before bed too, because I get a lot of people saying, 
I have a hard time going to sleep because my brain is racing. Like, believe me, I get this very much. So that's when it can be really helpful to have your journal by your bed, not your phone. By the way, it's too easy to get sucked into three hours of TikTok. Um, Have your journal. Either write down what's consuming your brain or give your brain a prompt before you go to sleep. So that way your brain's working on it while you're asleep. And you'd be amazed at the stuff your brain can produce. And then when you wake up, first thing when you wake up, jot that stuff down. I love that. I love asking my brain questions before I go to bed. Sometimes I have these prophetic dreams if I do that. Yes. That was a super cute journal, Tyann. What was that journal that you're holding up? This journal, Kyla? This is the Turn the Page with Kyla and Tyann Design Your Dream Career Journal. If you were at our in-person podcast launch back in the um, earlier part of the year, we had um, some of these to give away. But guess what? We can give away these for our listeners, too. Kyla, how do we do that? We would love for you to write a review for us. Go into your favorite podcast app or however you listen to your whatever platform you use. Write us a review and then send us a note on any of the platforms uh, through our website or reach out to us independently and we will get a journal in the mail to you. How cute is that? I love this so much. And again, the reason we have journals, not just because it's fun swag to have, is because studies show that when we write things down in an analog way, it is stickier in our brain. And that's what we're trying to do is move beyond just academic theory into actual practice. So we would love to get a journal in your hands. So we're going to close uh, with something fun that we've done recently because of this dream career that we've created that is available to each of you. We hope this inspires you to see a glimpse of something that you would want to do in your your dream career. So what is something fun you've done recently, Tyann? Okay, so I was thinking about this, Kyla. And as you know, we've talked about before, you and I really both like to read. But before, I kind of thought reading was a luxury or again, it was just something I didn't have time for. But because I'm intentional about my life now, I belong to a book club in my neighborhood and we each take turns. Um, August was my month since it's my birthday month and I got to choose the book. And I chose a book that I know I never would have chosen before because A, look at the length, but B, it's um, fiction, which, you know, before it would have been a self-help or a business kind of book. Not that I don't still read those but it's a fun fiction book and it's a really unusual read. And it was just really fun to be able to kind of have some brain candy and then a fun conversation with my neighbors about it and um, didn't have to make a PowerPoint about it, didn't have anything to do with, you know, with business. It was just fun. I love it. Yeah. How about you? I love it. I was just thinking about a recent movie uh, that I saw, Barbie. Which is love really the Barbie about, movie, right? It's not really about Barbie. If you haven't you haven't seen it, go see it. That's not what it's about. But okay. it it was a weekday in the afternoon, and I which I never would have done. It, like you went to a matinee movie on a weekday a movie, yes. And because it was a matinee movie on a weekday, we happened to have the entire theater to ourselves. Oh my gosh, that's so, so much, much fun. fun. 
we danced, we yelled out things. We would say, we don't have to silence our phones because we're here by ourselves. <laughs> Love that so much. You could probably laugh along as things were happening on the screen. I know you dressed up. We dressed up and we had so much fun. And again, that would have never happened previously. So what are the what are the things that you see other people doing that you get a glimpse of that you think, I might want to do that? That is available to you as you begin to take a small step closer to your dream career and life by simply turning the page. Go out and look for some of those glimmers in your personal and professional life this week. And let us know what you find along with Closely Review. We'd love to send you a journal for those prompts. We love that so much. Um, Since we talked about engagement this time, we will pick up next time with what are those other categories look like and what to do about them. But as Kyla said, drop us a line. We'll get you a journal and you can start capturing those thoughts for yourself as you continue to turn the page. Bye. If you'd like to turn the page and design your dream career and life, check out our website at turnthepagewithkylaandtyann.com. While you're there, you can download some fun freebies, see the show notes for the podcast, and also see some behind-the-scenes photos. Those are my favorite. If you'd like to reach us, there's two ways. I'm Tyann, and I specialize in strengths training, speaking, and coaching. You can go over to the website and reach me by clicking the About Tyann button. If you'd like to work with me, Kyla, for transition or life coaching, click on the About Kyla section. This podcast was brought to you by Kyla Martin Consulting and Osborne Consulting Group.